Hello and welcome to Open Source Underdogs, episode 59, with guest Igor Farinik, co-founder and CEO of Evolvium. For those of you who don't know Evolvium, it's a European company based in Slovakia that specializes in identity management and governance. This kind of software is used by enterprises to provision and manage users and their entitlements within the organization, which is, of course, critical for security. I've known Igor for many years. Right before the pandemic in March of 2020, I had dinner with him and his team during an industry conference, and I was super impressed with their passion and dedication. And I know that this level of engagement comes only with a great leader who builds a strong culture and mission. So while Evolvium might not be your typical Bay Area unicorn, I think there's a lot we can learn from Igor and Evolvium. And it was a long overdue interview, so here we go. Igor, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Mike. For those in our audience who are not identity gurus, what types of challenges does Evolvium Midpoint help them solve? There are so many challenges that in the digital identity security space we are solving. So yeah, for every vertical, uh, it's a different story. Most of the challenges are pretty common. So you have to connect your source of data, which is usually HR system. Then you have to onboard your people and persons and contract into uh, and transform them into digital identities and then do something about those. Give some uh, uh, application accounts and so on. So that's pretty common for, for everyone. Uh, so how did Evolvium get started? Be- the, the previous recession, actually, uh, we were out of job with Radovan. Radovan is one of the co-founders. And yeah, actually, we were looking for new opportunities and we are hired to develop next generation open source identity management system. But uh, after some time, then they, the company abandoned the product and we were hit very hard. So actually, we did not have many options left. So after some time, we decided to actually to continue developing the open source code base that was already in place. And actually, we have transformed that into and rebranded into Midpoint. So it was natural for us to actually remain open source. Getting the momentum or like the starting velocity in something like that is really hard. Did you have some lucky breaks or some initial customers that that really made it possible at the beginning? We were very, very lucky, actually. We had like two or three groundbreaking partners and customers that actually helped us a lot uh, in the early days. Without, without them, we, we wouldn't be here today. So after two years, actually, we ran out of our investment money because we were invested by friends, fools, and family, uh, especially out of our own pockets. So we, we were, uh, thanks to these uh, partners and customers, we were very lucky to actually start uh, getting first subscriptions money. And actually, uh, we took off and actually, yeah, we are here today. So identity is such a broad, horizontal market. Does Evolvium segment the market anyway, uh, for example, by vertical market or use case? Yeah, actually, we are building strong partnership network. That's uh, our primary focus. And uh, we as Evolvium are not segmenting directly, but actually our, par- uh, our par- partners are focusing. So some of our partners are fac- focusing based on some geographical location. Some are focusing on some verticals. 
And uh, some of them also on different deployment models. So some, some partners are building a new product or cloud product on top of Midpoint. Can you talk about the range, the, some of the vertical segments that you're serving? What do some of the customers look like? I would say we can serve all the verticals. Uh, our partners can serve all, all the verticals, but uh, there is segmentation. Like in the United States, uh, we are very strong in academic deployments. And in Europe, there are more verticals that are covered. It's also uh, banking, financial institution, academia, and so on, and governance, governments as well. So how do you find customers at Evolvium? And what would you say are the most effective sales channels? Our primary focus is, I would say, inbound marketing. So we are trying to produce all the best content we can. Uh, we are publishing everything for free. So we are pure open source software. So everything we, we do is in open domain, not only code, also documentation and all the content is open. So let's talk a little bit about monetization. What does Evolvium actually sell? So, uh, primary subscription. Uh, over the last two years during the COVID, we have transformed 85-90% of our revenue is subscriptions. And this is uh, very good for us because it's, it gives us much more opportunity to produce even more content and even more code uh, thanks to the subscription. I guess you're talking about support subscriptions. Yeah, support subscription. And some people would say that it's a challenge to scale that business model because it's so hard to find good people. And identity is really a multidisciplinary set of skills. It takes a lot of time to train. What are some of the challenges you see with the with the support subscription model? Yeah, actually, the only challenge with subscription model, you, you have to move forward and start providing value to the customers to actually get the subscription for them from them. And to get to that point, you have to deploy the, the product. And uh, we are happy to have so many partners that actually are doing the implementation work for us. As I already mentioned, we have almost 90% of the revenue are subscription. So we are not doing implementation work, almost no implementation work anymore. So it's all the, even all the subscription uh, subscriptions are thanks to our partners because they are deploying the product for the customers. And what we have, we have realized that pretty much late, but actually we have decided that we have pre-recorded all our trainings and are providing these trainings to our partners for free to actually improve the, the knowledge and actually to speed up the process for implementation projects for, for, for the customers. Have you ever been tempted or have you ever discussed any ideas to move to open core to add some extra bells and whistles in a commercial product? Not not really. Actually, we have also made a public pledge to the, actually be very made open. There was there were some events that actually in the identity space so there there were some product that started as open source and they're moving to actually go source or that rhymes with large lock <laughs> <laughs> yeah so actually and that was the time when actually we have made this public pledge and actually i'm also listening to some of your podcasts as well these are actually great also for inspiration and i remember there were some Previous told that actually some of the products of or the other way around or being open core and starting or starting or started to actually open source everything, and actually this is the same same situation here to actually keep two dif uh, different uh, processes or uh, infrastructure you know, in the company. Um, it's very complex. It's much simpler for us to actually to to do everything in public space. 
it's much cheaper, much simpler, and so on. What about in the cloud? You know, the, the two big business models that we see most commonly are open core and cloud. And I know at Glue, I would say every other year we had a conversation about a cloud version of Glue. But what about Evolvium? You mentioned some of your partners are launching cloud services, but have you considered launching a, a cloud-hosted version? No, actually. Uh, we are having a very close communication with our uh, partners. We are doing a lot of partners' webinars. And actually, we have decided that uh, we will improve the midpoint that it, it will be cloud ready and the partners will take over and do the actually operation of the cloud version of me. So we are somewhere in the middle right now. It's already cloud friendly, very cloud friendly. It just, you know, we need to focus also on the long run, like uh, up- upgrades, updates and, and so on. So this is uh, to be resolved in the, last, uh, in the uh, next LTS version of midpoint. So building the community is always a challenge in open source ecosystems. And I'm wondering, are you seeing many contributions from the communities? And if so, in what areas? From the early days of Evolvelm, community was was very important to us and remains very important. Uh, Actually, uh, no one is contributing to the core of the midpoint or code base. But that's perfectly fine because we have many contributions that are outside of the core, midpoint core. Like, for example, the community is developing connectors. There are so many connectors out there that are open source and available to the whole community that is making midpoint as a platform uh, very strong. We have translation to 18 different worldwide languages, which is great, actually. We are using Transifex platform to coordinate the activity, and most of the translation are up to date with each release and 100% translated. So that's great, actually. We are saving a huge ton of money on on translations here. I would say also the mailing list is pretty active. Community mailing list is the best uh, effort channel for us, so we are not helping there a lot. So uh, we are trying to have a community that actually, uh, that is not only asking questions, but actually helping. And we are actually motivating our partners to help the community. So that's very important for us. We have also, uh, you know, we have written and are distributing our own midpoint identity management and governance book. And actually, we have also translation to, to this material. And actually, uh, people are contributing back with improvements. Uh, I mean, you know, language and so on to the book as well. And for us, even the subscribers are the community because, you know, they are primary contributing uh, the money that is paying our bills. And actually, thanks to them, we can, we can build even better product. Just from my own curiosity, I, I have a question about the language translation. How deep does it go? Are we talking about not just the interface, but also the logs and the documentation? And you mentioned the book. Are there any places where the translation doesn't go? Well, user interface. So it's not only end user facing interface, but also administrative interface. So there are several thousand of keyboards that are being translated. And for the documentation, oh, Thankfully, everyone is happy with the uh, documentation in English that we are providing. So this is not being translated just for the book. The book uh, was translated to to few languages. Okay. I'm curious about how you built the team. What's the geographic distribution sort of of the team out of Volvium? And how, how do you find people? We had many challenges over the years to actually build strong team. But now we are very, very happy what we have inside the company. 
And yeah, there, there are many, many challenges, but actually what we are focusing uh, right now, actually internally, we are using Slovakian language and actually our, our market job market uh, uh, is uh, Czechoslovakia, Czech and Slovakian people. Internally discussing if we actually change that inside the company and actually start hiring into uh, other geographical locations. But for now, it, uh, for the time being, it was working for us. We have like 26 people in the company right now, and we are preparing for the next round of uh, hiring, and we will see how it goes. If we start hitting challenges in our market, then actually we are ready to transform and start hiring more internationally. What do you think are the competitive threats to Evolvium? Is there anything that keeps you up at night? Actually, I have pretty good sleep. I, I'm happy where, where we are right now. Yeah, there are always challenges. Uh, actually, there are challenges that we as a company would like to start resolving because we help resolve the situation. We have a very stable platform. Actually, you know, provisioning, deprovisioning and um, connectors um, are stable. So we are uh, able to do the basic job. We, we are also in the governance space. We, we, we can do certifications, help to get visibility into the data, why people have access where and why. And now we are actually opening new streams that where um, it's not only cloud, on, it's on one front, but on the other front, we are experimenting with recommendation or recommenders for various situations. Um, then actually we are also starting experimenting with machine learning and so on to actually bring much more benefit to the community. So I think we're sort of coming to the end. And one question that I ask all my guests is if they have any advice for new founders. I guess I'd like to add to that. Do you think that now's a good time to start an open source enterprise software company? And if so, what advice would you give to that founder? Yeah, I would say it's a great time. Actually, I have seen a lot of analyses where actually open source products are taking over and actually having great time. So I would say it's it's great time to start open source business. And for us, actually, what was very helping, you know, in the past, it was pretty common that Excel, everyone was expecting open source was for free. But actually, we have very strong boundary that actually our software, you can download that, you can do whatever you want with the software if you follow the license, which is pretty, I would say, great because it's a, a Apache license and a UPU license. But uh, if you start approaching us and actually would like our assistance, we were very strict that actually we are not doing services for free, so, uh, even no assistance. So it was very hard in the early days, but actually over the time when actually we became um, recognized or recognized platform, it actually improved so much that actually, yeah, people are not expecting that anymore. And that's great. So I would also say that if uh, you compare open source to um, commercial products, then open source is not free. The expenses for open source are different. Like, for example, you don't have to pay for the licenses, but actually you still need to find the people, pay the salaries to actually do the implementation and deployment. Uh, some, someone has to do the operation for, for the solution and still you, you shall pay the support because I, I wouldn't... My, Personally, myself, I wouldn't go into production where I'm managing maybe thousand or thousand plus identities and actually don't pay for support contract. Identity is so important for, for the business that uh, I wouldn't use that. 
Well, I'm sorry we didn't have this conversation earlier because, you know, we've known each other for so long. But th- thank you so much for being on the show, Igor, and I'm wishing you the best of luck as always. Thank you, Mike. Thanks to the Evolume and Glue teams for helping me to pull this episode together. Cool graphics from Kamal Bhattacharji, music from Broke for Free, Chris Zabriskie, and Lee Rosevier. If you like this episode, don't forget to tell your friends. And if you're interested in open source, especially if you're based in Europe, you should check out the State of Open Source Conference in London, February 7th to 8th, 2023. I'll be there, and I'm even recording a podcast live at the event. So until next time, thanks for listening.